I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the afternoon here on AusBiz. And of this Monday afternoon, we always kick it off with, uh, with the call. 60 minutes, two experts, 10 stocks that you've suggested. We get through them all and uh, the panel we kick off on on Monday is always one of our favorite. So much so they keep getting their own fan club. People direct questions just to them, uh, which is fabulous. Gaurav Saidi from Intelligent Investor. Gaurav, good to see you. Hey, Koshi. Hey, Mathan. Mathan Thomas-Sandaran from Deep Data Analytics. How are you, mate? Good to, good be to see you. You survived Halloween. Yeah, teenagers. <laughs> barely, barely, barely surviving. Oh, it see, is quite fun. It's really it? fun for me because I've got very young kids yeah. and they just love dressing up and yeah. it's not too much about the chocolates. Yeah, yeah. So I don't mind nice. it. It was fun. It's really yeah. good fun. Wait till oh. they get to teenagers. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried about that. Oh, <laughs> yes, you've got a 16 year old. Yeah, yeah. Okay. that's not going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get mm. stuck into it. Always lots to talk about with these two. We kick it off with the stock of the day. Uh, thought we'd take a look at Westpac today with its earnings out. Uh, shares have fallen in the morning's trade, down 5% to 24.40 after its cash profit missed expectations. Uh, Westpac declaring a $3.5 billion off-market share buyback as annual cash earnings doubled to uh, $5.35 billion, though slight miss on the market estimates. EPS also more than doubling to $1.46. Uh, bank declaring a final dividend of $0.60 cents compared with its $0.31 cent dividend from a year prior. Peter King, the chief executive, said cash earnings rose, balance sheet remains strong. He's pleased with the progress that they're making to transform Westpac into a simpler, stronger bank. He says the bank's Australian mortgage portfolio rose 3% or almost $15 billion. Owner-occupier lending jumped 9% on rising market liquidity. Uh, total customer deposits 4% higher uh, to $25 billion. Why you would put your money into a bank savings account <laughs> is beyond belief at the moment. Um, uh, Gaurav, mm. what do you think of the, uh, of the result? Um, look, bank results, they really don't matter very much. These four companies, they are entrenched in their positions. They share the same sort of opportunities, the same sort of risks. There are, there are small differences between them, but it's really CBA is different to the other three, and yeah. maybe NAB is worse than the, other, than the others. Um, ANZ and, and Westpac, um, you know, there's not too much to separate them. And I, am, I, I don't remember a time in my career where I've been more disinterested in the banking sector than now. And it's quite odd when I say that out loud because the capital position of the banks has never been stronger. They mm. have, as you just saw, sort of 12% yep. T1 capital. I remember a time when 8% was considered super strong and they're now sort of 50% above that. Um, so that's, that's, that's good to see. And I, and I think that tells you that these are very safe institutions and that dividend will probably be ticking over. Um, the sort of blow up risk that the banks have faced over the last 20 years, it's probably not there anymore. Mm. But um, with the strength in that capital position, I think comes fragility in the competitive position because technology has made rivals 
more, um, more numerous and more powerful than ever before. And you can see that with the actions of the banks themselves. The banks have basically stopped lending to small businesses and they have um, passed on the buck to these new generation of fintechs, which we've spoken about on the show before. And those have become the bank's mm. distribution channel. And I think that's, that's very sensible. And, and, but it does point the way to where the banks are heading. I think they're heading towards a future where they remain very important to the financial system and they remain fair businesses, but growth is going to be very limited. These are businesses more about stability than growth. And I think if you're an investor, you can, you'll know with your own portfolio and situation whether these are right for you. If you're interested in growth, this is not the place to find it, but they do pay a nice dividend and they will likely continue paying a nice dividend. Okay. So do you buy them just for the dividend? Look, I, uh, if you're paying zero taxes and you can collect, uh, and you're one of these outrageous individuals- That get a refund. They get a refund. Mm. First of all, don't get me started on that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm, and, I'm with you on that. <laughs> yeah, outrageous. But if you're one of these individuals, um, this makes a lot of sense. I still, yeah. I still think it makes a lot of sense. Um, but anyone else, I don't see a reason to even yeah. hold the banks. This is a sell for most, most individuals unless you're in that special kind of bracket and then you can you can hold or buy it. Yeah, open. Oh, it's a roaring sell. Um, I think- A roaring sell, you wow. know, <laughs> he, He's growth coveted. I mean, there's mm. only, you got to think of Macquarie as a bank as well. Yep, it's it's, not, it's, it's a, coming it's up. It's a private yep. equity. Mm. Um, but if you're looking at the four big banks in Macquarie, CBA and Macquarie, if you looked at it over the last 20 years, they're the only two actually trade up over time with improving model where the other three banks literally trade in a trading range. Mm. These go up and down, up and down. If you look, exclude the dividends, that's all they do for 20 years. That just tells you they've had, I mean, we are sitting on a global property bubble. They have one asset that they play in. It's in a global property yeah, bubble. Yeah. Yeah. If you're not doing well now, please, when are you going to do well? Yep. And when you miss earnings in this cycle, when you've got an RBA and a government handing out stuff to help your sector, please. And you had a Royal Commission, nothing yep. happened. Can it get any easier? That's mm. the question. Yep. And the, the reality is it's an economic cycle play. So the yep. economic growth mm. is going to be weaker going into the next decade because we've done forward bringing of growth. Banks will have lower growth. So growth's right. It's a dividend play. If, you're, if you want that kind of return and you have the tax benefit to play with that, that makes sense. If you're picking a top 10, 20 stocks. 50. Yeah, okay, 100. <laughs> uh, it, won't, it won't be in the top you know, 100. What I mean. it, okay. It's expensive. Yeah. All right. Okay. Mm. And. That applies for all of the big four? Yes. Right. Okay. All right. Let's get into the stocks you've suggested. Um, Ali wants a, uh, uh, a view, Gaurav, on 7 West Media. Uh, oh. Ali, good suggestion for today. Uh, yeah, yeah, Because right. they Time. just, just, just uh, mopped up Prime, um, mm. the, uh, the regional uh, media group as well that's been affiliated with 7, but mm. now they're going to take it over completely. Uh, what do you think of Seven West Media? A year ago, it was regarded as a, uh, a cock case. Yep, and I put my hand up and say that I was one of those people who thought that this was permanently disrupted, yeah. that it would um, it would fall for a long time, and um, I wouldn't have touched it. In fact, uh, up until Ali actually mentioned it, I wouldn't have touched it. Yeah. But the great thing about this show is that it forces you to go and have a look at businesses you ordinarily would never think to have a look at. And, and Seven West is in that basket to me. The narrative is so strong, my certainty about its failure was so high that I just never looked at it really in detail. And this was a company I actually spent a fair bit of time on because the more I dug into it, the more interesting I think it looks. Yeah. Um, for the first time in at least 10 years and maybe more, we were very early on this media disruption cycle. I think this is quite interesting. 
And um, I think that the dominant narrative that says that um, traditional media is dead and buried has been written prematurely. Along with Seven Media, I went to have a look at Nine as well, and <laughs> they're performing surprisingly well as well. And I think the change here is that, um, uh, you know, there has been a savage decline. So the, the revenues have actually been declining for, for 10 years. And in fact, the revenue last year was still less than it was 10 years ago. So there's no doubt that disruption is there mm. and it's, it's still going on. But they've adapted, both Seven West and Nine have adapted in, in quite clever ways. And I think there's a flaw under which um, their traditional strengths um, are very difficult to dislodge. Um, the audience reach is still, still quite important and quite powerful. Uh, the ratings in Seven in particular are sensational. They got some crazy guy in the morning. Apparently, <laughs> he's, he's, apparently he's all right, I don't know. <laughs> um, but the digital business, what that digital business has been able to do is, um, is actually target specific customers really carefully. And what they're being able to charge in terms of ad rates is really impressive. Yeah. They've got constant and consistent revenue from WA newspapers, which has really surprised me with its consistency. So $20 million a year there. They've got this consistent, um, almost annuity-like revenue coming from um, the government from this, uh, this uh, aggressive play towards Google and Facebook. And that's also really attractive too. I actually think this is a buy. Um, the strategy seems very, um, uh, not even, just very ambitious and coherent. Um, I like management. This purchase of Prime, when I was looking at last night, I had that in my head. I was thinking, you know, they could plug this in. And, you know, what they get there is, is they get um, a regional distribution network plugged into a big content production studio. It's yeah. a wonderful combination. I think this is a buy. I would probably call it a little bit speculative because those disruptive forces are still at work. So you want to just watch your portfolio limit on this. But kudos on, on management on both seven and nine. Um, they've adapted to a difficult scenario and um, the cash flow here is quite good. I reckon mm. they can easily generate over $100 million in free cash flow um, in the for, for the for and, uh, foreseeable future. And they pay future. down a lot of debt too. Which yeah. That is actually, that's actually a big key. If you see yeah. a business that used to have a lot of debt, and even though the profits haven't changed, but the debt's gone, it tells yeah. you there's a lot of cash being generated behind the scenes. Yeah. And that's a really important clue that something good is going on there. Mm. Okay. Well, that's good, finally, for Gaurav to move into the media sector. Yeah, I think you've been talking about this for a while. <laughs> I've been bashing him for yeah, it for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, look, I completely agree. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the dynamics we mm. saw probably six months ago, uh, things were improving. The natural progression is you always look at Are you at trying to say you were six months ahead of me on this oh, one? Oh, I think it was a lot longer than that. Uh, <laughs> but the reality was yeah. the natural progression is people jump to the biggest gorilla in that sector for the yeah. first time when the cycle is turns. Channel 9 was the first one. So you always look at the biggest gorilla in that sector because when things turn, people go, I want to have a go at that sector, but I don't want to take the risk. I'll go for the biggest guy. If things improve, he's got the better balance sheet. He's got more models. It'll do well. So Channel 9 acquiring Fair, Fairfax, it's a substantial diversified model. That was the first thing that ran. And then 7 followed. Now you're seeing the others come through. So we've been yeah. long O Media and Southern Cross Media. Now the thematic has been they're cheap, uh, opening up Recycle, when you see the retail and hospitality come into the market, they advertise a lot more to get people back in. Government is coming for an election cycle. They spend public money like there's no tomorrow. There's a booster coming in the next six months. Yep. Now, all of these things add to them. Now, the uh, M&A play was always there because the sector is cheap. The natural way is to get more eyes in front of their product. That's to acquire, get more people, regional market. It made sense. So 
always knew Prime was going to be a seventh target. Uh, and you had Southern Cross had a deal with nine that broke away and it was logical. Market sold it down. We knew that the obvious play there for them is to do a deal with 10, which they did. Um, and potentially Southern Cross is on the table now. Um, and then you got Our Media, which is probably the last one in the outdoor media stocks that are left in the market. And again, that's a consolidation play that's weighted that I think will happen out again. So in that context, I think the sector will have more uh, consolidation. Uh, and all of these stocks, I think, are looking good. Um, all of them are doing the right thing. We've had updates from most of them in recent times, and they all come out with good dynamics yeah, yeah, yeah. for the sector. Yeah. So, you know, the sector is a buy, and we've liked it, and we still like it. Mm. Uh, I must admit, <laughs> I've, I've preferred seven group holdings in my little super fund mm. than Seven West, which gives you a bit more diversity because they're the biggest holder of Seven West Media, yeah. uh, biggest well, shareholder. Done well there. But then you get everything else behind it so, um, to ease it a bit. So they'll be a beneficiary too. Mm. All right, that's good news. And of course, that money-making machine in the morning. Um, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Daryl wants a view mm. on Cobran, uh, Cobran Estate Olives. Only a recent listing. Um, but Darren says um, uh, they have good market share here in Australia, looking to replicate their model in the US. Um, overall, FY21 looks encouraging compared to FY20. And made a good profit. Um, Darren says people are singing the praises of the Mediterranean diet, which is based on extra virgin olive oils. Uh, can Cobram, so are they positioned to take advantage of this and their venture in the US? Yeah, look, I, it was a recent listing, and I, I was when when it listed, I was going, well, I haven't seen it. Then I realised I actually have it. Um, being a subcontinent person with the Italian relatives, when you see, you know, chili-infused olive oil, you go, yeah, we've got that. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it's right down our alley. Um, look, it has really good products. It's, it's interesting where they move from bulk to more retail, more high-margin products. Uh, they've got the market share. It's an interesting one. Um, look, I'm a fan of food stocks, but you have to look at where, you know, this is a... What worries me is, are we getting one of those perfectly timed float right. because everyone's stuck at home. Everyone's yep. cooking, right? And, you know, just like me, they would have gone and gone, oh, my look, chili infused. Single food stock. Exactly. So, yeah. so you got, they, do, they are doing different branding around it, but still, it's a heavily listed into one. Moving into US, it's, it's a nice thing. Like, people love to market that in you know, China, US, big markets, but it's not that easy. There's a lot of competitors. You're going to be yeah. fighting against big gorillas. It's not as easy as it seems, and I'm always skeptical about new listings. I want to see the real numbers come through over reporting cycles through the market. So, I mean, look, it's floated, has, I mean, it had a pop and it's come back. It's basically holding there. It's about the growth story. I want to see numbers get hit in the US, and if that, if they can execute and they can show growth in the US, I'm happy to chase it uh, because I think the growth story stacks up, but you're not getting it cheap and the risk is still high. Execution right. is always risky in going overseas. So I'm a bit pragmatic on this. I think it's a nice product. I think it works well, but it's not, not easy It's not easy to go global yeah. um, in these things. So you just got to wait and see how the numbers play out. I'm okay. waiting to see. Yeah, this is a fascinating business. Um, what really, what I like about this is that you have, the history of this is really telling. So in about 10, maybe 15 years ago now when you know, had that great clean out of the um, of the timber corps and the great southerns and and all those plantation yeah, businesses yeah, yeah. they fell away and these guys who were running cobram they went up and bought up a lot of those um, parcels of land at very cheap prices and they cobbled together um, cobram they established a brand that brand cobram 
um, I think it's like 45% now of the market. Um, wow. And they have a secondary brand, which is another 30% or so. So collectively, like we think, think of olive oil. Olive oil is a highly competitive, almost a homogenous good. Yeah. And somehow these guys have 70% of the national market. And you can grow olives anywhere. And you can, you? They are so oh, hard. Yeah. Soil. <laughs> I've, got, I've got one in my yes. backyard. Yeah. Well, there you go. If you can't grow anything, you chuck olives yeah. there. Absolutely. They're yeah. very hardy. And as you say, they, they can deal with variable water. They can deal with flood and drought. So that's a wonderful crop. If you're going to be in agriculture, then olive is, is surely the crop you want to be growing. Yeah, you can't kill it. You, you cannot kill it. <laughs> um, but what these guys have done really smartly, apart from establishing those two brands, what makes those two brands powerful is that they've, they've vertically integrated the entire production process. So they actually own their own oh. groves. They're the biggest um, processor in Australia of olives. They actually process the, most of the olives in Australia, even for other people. Um, and so that um, back-end integration supports... Um, the production and distribution of those two brands, which are incredibly popular, very powerful. They win um, international olive oil competitions. Well, not so much Red Rock, Red Island, but Cobram wins, um, has won best olive oil in the world several times. It's in the top tier of olive oils internationally. So it's a legitimately well-branded business. And I love the drive and the hustle of the founders. I think they're wonderful. Um, I'm really interested in this. What makes it difficult is that the numbers, um, this is a, actually a very difficult business to analyze in terms of financials because olives have two growing seasons and one growing season gives you lots and lots of um, output and you get huge amounts of cash flow and profits. And the second season, the next year, gives you uh, a tiny fraction of oh, that. So, so the, the company actually advises, and I think sensibly, that you look at a two-year average. So you actually have to add up two years of, of profits and then divide by two to get an average, a two year rolling average. And none of my, none of my spreadsheets are set up for that. It's very annoying. <laughs> <laughs> but you, I think you do have to go through, and I haven't done that, but you have to go through and you have right. to do the average over two years. Okay. Um, but I think that's an opportunity. That's the way I've been lazy in doing that. I guarantee you, um, other analysts have not done that. And, right. and I reckon um, there's a, they'll, they'll be looking so at buying filters the, and- buying the disappointing year. Yeah. When everyone gets disappointed, is that what you're saying? <laughs> well, I don't think it's quite that simple. I, I just don't think people, people say, oh, it's a bad year, next year will be better. But I don't think they've done the actual numbers. Uh, when you screen, it doesn't screen very well. And I think that's a really attractive thing. Right. Um, I, I actually think there's, there's an opportunity here. Um, the US market is difficult to crack. You're right, Mace. It's difficult because they haven't set up the production system yet. They've got a couple of olive groves going. They've set up a small just, um, a, a crushing processing facility but they've got to sort of 10x that to get the scale they need, and they can't get enough olives um, to, to get their product out. But and transporting wouldn't be in this kind of market, that's going to struggle again. Yeah, that's a good point. Transport costs. Be because that's, mm. I mean, I, like I followed a number of, you know, almonds, the tassel, fish, and all of these I follow. Uh, he probably hates them. But, I you know, I, I follow them. And then I've heard enough about them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so the key thematics come through, you know, the feed cost, yeah. the transport cost, mm. all of the storage costs. So those are the key things. That, and that was part of the problem for me with right. this. Oh, I think it's great, mm. but if they're going to compete in a new market, they need to compete with the guys there. So they need to produce there, get it there and get it this. That, that'll take time because initially, whenever you set up operations, you run a higher cost than what you would in the long term. But they're doing well so far. Yeah. So their brand, um, Cobram is in 13,000 different distribution points. They've got that sort mm. of network set up. They're actually, everything they're producing, they're selling at very good prices. And the brand okay. is getting very good recognition they just can't get enough they can't fill that back end up quickly enough and that's going to take i think so years in it or not 
I'm going to be in it. I'm going to go spec okay. buy on Cobram. I think it's one to watch. Go small now, and um, I think you'll get an opportunity to go bigger. Yeah. Right. All right, talking about bigger, John wants a view on REA Group, the uh, oh. big online uh, property mm. advertising marketing group. I noticed on our, our ticker just before, up 3% today. Wow. Um, when, you, when you talk about a stock in a perfect market at the moment, <laughs> yeah. uh, this is probably one. Cora? This, I think REA is the single best business in Australia, Whoa. Uh, bar none, and um, I don't own it. In <laughs> fact, our portfolios have never owned it, <laughs> and uh, that's, that's bad on us. Um, so we, almost at a five-year high. We've been saying this for probably about five years, that it's, it's the best business in Australia. Right. Just never owned it, and I, and I think, you know, um, I think there are a lot of... Uh, you, you, as an investor, you, you just got a lot of biases um, against sometimes buying these very high quality names that look superficially expensive. It's one of the hardest things to do is actually not buy cheap, nasty stuff. I'm, I'm very good at buying crap. Right. Um, it's, it's buying these very high quality things at expensive looking multiples when there is cyclicality. And there is cyclicality in REA and that's what makes it very difficult to get right. The correct decision has always been to just buy and hold. And I think that remains the correct decision now. It looks, I know it looks frightfully expensive, but they own, um, in the total, when you're transacting a piece of property, the agents take, what, two or three yeah. percent for opening the door yeah. um, and, and very little else. Um, we call them professional door openers um, around the office. <laughs> <laughs> and hello to all the real estate agents watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Not <laughs> in, in McGrath. Uh, but, but these guys, the long-term opportunity here is to cut the real estate agents out ultimately and be, be a, a platform for, for trading. And I think they won't say this out loud because real estate agents are their customers yeah, today. Definitely. But in, in 20 years' time, I wonder if that's going to be the case. I think this is a stock you want to hold for a long time. I go a hold. Very hard to do psychologically. Okay. Yeah, I think the biggest problem is it just gets into your head about property. Yes, it does, and it just it? Because it's real estate, not golf, and it just has this problem of it's a bubble and you know yeah. but these guys are uh, you know they're far superior to the asset that they're playing um, they are very good I wouldn't quite put them as the best but it'll they'll be in the top 10 top yeah. 10 or 15 they will be there this is one of those that every quant fund tried to the long short funds yeah, to short, try to short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in my you know mm. nearly three decades in the industry at least in the last two decades everyone always asked the question when do I short REA, when do I short yeah, car yeah, sales? When true. do I short seek? It's like, why bother? Because you might get it one out of 10 times, you'll get right. a good return, and the rest of the time you're going to get burned. Uh, REA is probably the best of the three. They have a lot of leverages to pull, um, and they're good business people. They move around quite well. So you're not scared if there's a, uh, the property bubble bus or uh, they, Look, you're going to sell. <laughs> and you need, still need them to sell. Yeah. So the, the question for them is about their biggest customer base is property developers. This is where I am worried about. I mean, the multiple is too high. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Even compared to their usual, you know, air up there multiple, this is even higher than that. So yeah. in context, they're expensive. I wouldn't want to buy it right now. Right. But it is a high quality business and their property developers hold a lot of property ads yes, at the same time. They do. And yeah. from what's happening in China and the global property bubble as rates go up, will have an effect and the first people that fall over are property developers. Okay. So we're probably in a cycle, I mean it's gone sideways for the last four or five months. They're good, but they're not you know, gods. They, they yeah. can only do so much. So it'll probably slide off. And I'd say in the next six to 12 months, you'll get a shot at buying it cheaper. Okay. And I would look to buy there. All right. 
Uh, Mel wants a view on Washington Eitzel Pattinson. Uh, says, I uh, listen regularly and watch regularly. Uh, in September, you discuss uh, Solpats. Uh, consensus was it was overvalued at 37 or $38. However, it's dropping at the moment. I note there is a merger going on with Milton. Therefore, would it be risky to buy otherwise at the moment? Looks a good price. Yeah, there's some high quality stocks mentioned today, and this is one of them. I mean, look, I mean, this is one of the list of private equity yep. for all intents and purposes. Um, look, it's, it's going to have, there's some big holdings that it's probably overpriced at the moment because of the growth stocks. And we've seen coal come back and, you know, like lumber mm. ran up and it's fallen back. So there's some issues that'll hit it. But it's one of those ones where just be patient. You don't yep. have to be a hero. This is a high quality business. Yep. You're not going to get blown away by buying it, but it's not cheap. So it's come back. Yeah. It's getting interesting now. I think the slide with the where it's happening in some of the uh, major holdings that they have, you probably will see another pullback lower right. and you buy into this thing. Um, this is probably out of the list of private equities. This is the one that's pulled back the most. Um, so definitely on my watch list, I'd be looking at the high 20s. Right. Um, and at that point, I'll start to buy a bit at a time. Um, you know, this is one of those ones. If you, it's, it's, it's like when you buy a house. If you buy the house at the right point of the cycle, you don't think about it for the decades to come. No. You can because, buy a house at any point in the Yeah, cycle, I know, right? but, that's, but that's in the last 40 years. Trust me, that'll change. Uh, when rates mm. go up, that changes. Mm. But this one, it doesn't matter. This okay. is the cycle. You're probably going to get it in the next six months. Um, you know, if you can pick it up around the high 20s, mid 20s, gradually buy through the cycle and then just sit back. Okay. Management is that good. And I, I mean, even Gaurav loves them. So that tells I do you love them. Oh, he's putting words in your mouth. No, he, he, right? he knows me well. I do okay. love them. These, right. these guys, uh, we've had... At this level? We've been... He doesn't um, care about No, no, level. not at this level. Oh, we've, Jesus. Whoa. We've, we've had um, one of the <laughs> hardest... Look <laughs> at your reaction. I know. One of the... <laughs> he's got standards now. <laughs> <laughs> one, one of the hardest um, calls I had to make, um, I think it was earlier this year, was to actually sell... Uh, soul pads. I put a sell on it and I was almost apologetic because um, I have a lot of respect for this management. Not be, I, don't look, I don't think they're geniuses. No. Um, they're not the smartest guys in the room with all respect to them. But what they do have is just a dedicated um, outlook. Um, they are so solely focused on returns. They genuinely care about the, their shareholders and unit holders. They care about the business. They're invested in the business, and they're willing to go through. That's probably a the long highest period. price you can give yeah. executives. You're so you're so correct. You I, I would much rather invest in the in the guy with the uh, you know who tries the hardest rather than the smartest guy. Yeah. You know, well, yeah. we, we've got like the, the groups that we talk about as list of private equities. Yeah, all of them. You could say the same thing. They are really really well managed, mm. and they work for the shareholders. And the share price right. tells you that. Because they're shareholders too. Because they're shareholders yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. Helps, does but it? you just listen to these guys talk. You listen to anyone in that C-suite um, speak, and we've heard them all speak. Yeah. And um, and what comes across is just concern and care. I mean, these these guys are like gardeners tending to their, I don't know, flowers or whatever grows in the in, in the soil. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, right. they're, they're all in plants. <laughs> so um, not at these levels. Look, not at these levels. Right. I, I I actually would direct you towards. Brickworks. I, I think Brickworks now is the better business, and I'm not sure which the soul patch have a big stake. Yeah. Which they have a stake in each other, so, correct? Yeah. Um, so you're getting exposure to soul pads. Ah. Uh, but Brickworks, why I like that is because they are doing a wonderful job over in the US, just just um, consolidating yeah. the brick making mm. entities over there. But they're doing it very smartly. We're going to another day, 
but they're doing it very smartly. And this property business, we've been banging on this for about this for 10 years. It is a little masterpiece inside Brickworks mm, yeah. and very okay. little understood. So, so that, that's your Brickworks? entry into Sol Pats is Correct. through Brickworks. Yeah, and, and I, I just put a hold on it. I mean, he's involved. He used to be the other way. He would have I used to be the other way. Yeah. yeah, he used to not buy real estate. He wanted to buy new school for real estate. Now <laughs> I he's know, gone. I've switched. I've learned okay, my mate. That was okay. a mistake. I've All right. Been. Now, I've, last <laughs> week, you had an, a uranium stock, and this week you've got another one from mm. uh, Trent Energy Resources Australia, the old uh, range of uranium mine. Yeah. They're selling the stockpiles out of that. Yep. Um, and also rehabilitating the ranger site, which is up in Kakadu, mm. um, basically. Um, put out an update the other day saying that rehabilitation is costing more than they think. Oh, big surprise. surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Would you go anywhere near? No. Right? This is, I am surprised this is still listed. This is, if, if you're interested in uranium, um, Silex or Boss, yeah. I would say. Yeah. Silex. Or yeah, you mentioned Silex last yeah. time yeah. when Paladin came up. That That's was right. the oh, third one, was it? Yeah, definitely yeah, better yeah. than Paladin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Silex is an enrichment technology, and if, if uranium use does increase, you're going to not only need uranium, you're going to need, need enriched uranium, and they're... Yep. Technology is so good that um, you know the, the the legacy technology is going to be superseded. And I think this is going to become the standard if if that's what happens. And I'm not sure it will, but if that's what you believe, then Silex is the better way to go. Boss has a has a deposit that looks like it's going to actually start, and they're one of the few mines in the world that could potentially open. ERA is on its deathbed. I mean, I'm surprised it's still listed. I was shocked it has a 1.5 billion market cap wow. um, because on balance sheet, there are $700 million of cleanup costs. I reckon yeah. double that. Wow. I, in my experience, uranium is the hardest commodity to clean up. Yeah. And, and I would be shocked. If this is not $1.5 billion to clean up, I would be surprised. Okay. That's the market cap. Don't go anywhere. There's only tailings. You're not going to get any more production out of this. I would sell this and go away. Yeah, yeah look, Silex... Um, oh, look, those are the two preferred ones. Uh, Boss is mm. all the smart guys who've looked at this sector always uh, told me to look at Boss as the play. And that's been the high net worth play and it's doing quite well. And you're right, that's probably where you want to be. Other than that, Silex has been one that we've always used as a proxy. Yep. Um, Silex gives you the uranium enrichment technology and quantum chip technology. Mm. So you've got two ponies running in that. So right. in theory, um, you've got much better diversification for this thematic. And it's, it's got the same hyper runs that uh, all uranium stocks have. So, you know, that, that's the way to play it. I mean, it's one of those ones, every couple of years you get yeah, this cycle and Silex goes nuts. <laughs> yeah. And you go, yep, yeah, thank you, and yeah. feed the duck. Yeah, make sure <laughs> to sell one time. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's mm. recap the first five stock, mm. stock of the day. Uh, Westpac a sell from both. Uh, Seven West Media a buy from both the Bankton and Gorab. Uh, Cobram a yes from Gorab. Maitland's going to wait to see... Uh, how they expand into the US, where they can pull that off. Uh, REA, a no from Nathan, a hold from uh, Gorab, Sol Pattinson, um, a no from both because, but High Praise, one of the best run companies on the market. For Gorab, get into Sol Pats through Brickworks, which Sol Pattinson has um, uh, a share of, um, and Brickworks has a share in Sol Pattinson, uh, ERA. Uh, don't go near it, um, go for Silex instead. And here at The Call, we've been tracking our own fantasy portfolio since the 1st of July last year, thanks to our partner, Nabtrade. Uh, any stocks that get two ticks uh, from our expert panel, like Seven West has done today, goes into the portfolio. Uh, let's see how it's been performing for the week, down half a percent, up two and a half for the month. 
up 6.5% since the 1st of July this year, since inception, 1st of July last year, up 43%. Some of the stocks recently added smart parking. Vanguard, US total market shares index ETF. Clunerville Pharmaceuticals. Oh, yeah, we got to on that. Yep. And Finios Corporation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some of the stocks removed, A2, Crown, Star Pharma and PointsBet. They removed Crown now. Yeah, I think that's a mistake as That's well. a mistake. Yeah. Smart parking is an interesting one. I wonder who yeah. came up with that. Smart parking. You see, I'll, I'll be looking at that for, I don't know, a good part of five, six um, years. I know the history. Yeah. It's, it's a very patchy history. Ben Clark from TMS and Luke Winchester from Maryville. Oh, two of the best. Oh. Mm. So, that's it, on my list. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, if you want to see any of the stocks in the portfolio, go to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. And let's go into uh, the second half. Now, this is an interesting one from Pay, uh, Faye. Uh, Bailador Technology Investments, she's in. She's a shareholder in that. Uh, been offered a priority allocation in Sightminder, the, uh, the IPO of it, at $5.06. Bailador is sort of like a, a venture capital fund, listed venture capital fund, and SiteMinder has been one of its startups that it's nurtured through, and now going to IPO it. Um, Faye says, I feel this is a great opportunity for retail shareholders to access the IPO, although I usually don't invest in new listings for three years. Interested in the expert's view. Thank you. Yeah, this is, I mean, look, I, I've heard So the question this, is, Will you take SiteMinder rather than invest in Barlador? Yeah, so that's the interesting concept. I mean, it makes you think of these uh, scenarios. So, look, I find it hard to value some of these stocks because they're unlisted. And I get myself into trouble because valuations in this space can be a bit airy-fairy. Yeah, so it's, <laughs> you know, when I, like, I, I follow a lot of hedge funds and private equity funds and venture capital, especially in Europe and, you know, emerging markets, you realize how the numbers work. It can get pretty hairy. So it's yeah. very hard for me to judge when something is performing well or basically being pumped up to look good. It's, I just can't tell the difference. So it's really hard for a retail investor to know that. And... If you look at the share price, I mean, they've been around, uh, BTI's been around since 2014. Yep. Didn't really do much till the last two, three years, and it's gone pink, right? They play yep. in high growth, global exposure play tech. Because it's taken that long. And, and also, part of that is, we are in a macro where this, the kind of businesses they deal in will attract right. really high multiples, given the low bond yields and so forth. Yep. Now, they play in growth stocks. And right now, you're going to get a premium growth stock. So they have two assets that are driving most of their valuation, and this is one of them. Right. Why are they selling? Because their timing in their growth story, this is the time they, they're willing to give you a certain percentage, and they get most of theirs locked in. Um, right. In this scenario, whenever this happens, especially to big assets, I'd rather be with BTI ah. and with the Sidewinder. Okay. You want to buy the stock because they're going to be selling it to you. They're locking in their profit. You're taking the risk. And you look at the stock and say, I don't see a unique competitive advantage in the Sidewinder. Um, I mean, it's done well, okay. and I'm sure all of these things are, and I know a number of these uh, venture players, how they work it. So they work hard to clean this up, get it up and running. Can And it's coming off of usually a very low base over the last four or five years, and numbers would look good. Can they keep that up in a macro that are probably going to get tougher for them? and multiples on these stocks are probably going to shrink. 
I mean, if you look at, I'll give you a simple example. If you look at something like a flight center, it ran up to, I mean, we were positive on it. It was around 15 bucks, ran up to $25, right? At $25, remember, the share capital has doubled. So the market cap at $25 was more than pre-pandemic. Mm. You know, that's how crazy the market yep. got. And so this is why they're coming into the market to offload the asset. So I'm not a buyer of Sidewinder on the simple fact that I don't see it as a hugely unique model. But would you get into Valador now that it's Well, it's had a huge run. Yeah. I, again, I, I, it just doesn't, I can't measure it, so I find it hard to judge. Okay. But if I had to put money, I'd rather put it with the guy who's selling rather than putting the new thing. I would agree with that. I, first of all, I would say that, you know, you want to, as an investor, you want to be as flexible as possible, um, but still have some restraints around what, what you do. The restraints are mostly to control your primitive urges, um, but, but you want your intellect to be you know, free to, to run wild as which, much as which you can. Which Faye's quite right, because she says, oh, I usually don't invest in you. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. I think that's, yeah. When I read that, I said, you're smart. I think you should at least give it a year yeah. to let the tyre hit the road yeah. and you know the numbers are yeah. what it is and then you can play. I think that's an arbitrary rule. Um, why, why three? Why not four? Why? I, I, a lot of investors do this. They put arbitrary rules that they think are very sensible around. I'm not saying this is not sensible. I just think mm. it sounds a bit arbitrary and, and I would, you know, I'm all for uh, putting rules on. I have rules for myself as well. but make sure those rules still allow you to be flexible. Exactly. If you had that rule, you would have missed oh, I, no. I, Aussie, there's a yeah. whole bunch three, of companies. I wouldn't say yeah. three years, I'd say at least a year. Uh, for me, at least a year. Well, I'll, give you, I'll give you an example of my, my rule is that I only invest in IPOs if the money being raised is being used for a specific identifiable investment project. If it's just raising capital yeah. to, to sell out and I don't, I'm not interested. If it's PE, I'm not interested. <laughs> right. Um, and there are two of my IPO rules. So, okay. you know, um, I look, I just throw, throw, throw that in. Everyone is different, you know, um, just take that as you will. Um, I, I would not be investing in this. Um, to me, Balador seems like the kind of thing that would work really well as a sort of a closed entity. And yeah. I think that they're probably playing an important function in capital markets. But to, when they have it listed, it means that they have to mark to market a lot of their closed book investments. And I know exactly how they do it. They take their finger, lick it and stick it in the air. And um, like it's, there's yeah. no, I, I, it's not something you want, you want only open market traded. Yeah, if you're it. willing to just hold this for a long time and not look at the share price, I think it's fine to hold. Otherwise, this is complicated and you're, there's no business here. You're really just trusting management to buy businesses and exit you, you businesses really well. So, yeah. so Faye's in Bailador, so take hold, a, hold yeah. or well, take If it. she's taking a run on it, yeah. so she's got buffer, sit tight, ride yeah. it. Till it goes wrong, Look, um, it, I'll write it. If you, but if, yeah, I wouldn't jump into the idea. If you're willing to hold this for a long period of time, I'd say hold. But if, if yeah. you're hoping for only two or three years or so, then then sell this and, and buy yeah. something else. All right. Go buy Macquarie. There All you right. go. That's, That's not bad. Coming mm. up. Um, and you know how I love doing series. You've just given me oh. an idea for oh. a series. Your most important investment rule. Oh, I love yeah. it. Yeah. You have rules yeah. and yeah. you have yeah. rules. Yeah. So... Good. What's the, the most yeah, important yeah. investment Jeez. rule that I'm you a do quant. I could come up with something. It'll put people to sleep. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's not unusual. Um, no. <laughs> don't worry. Don't it. worry. Just but not really. <laughs> All right. Uh, Point Georgia. Mm. Um, Gaurav wants a view on Pointera. Mm. Um, the geospatial uh, group had a huge 
run up mm. in share price last year, didn't it? Um, it's it went from four cents to ninety-two, yeah. uh, as you can see it there, and uh, has was, come back now. That was Bevan Slattery. Yes, uh, yeah, the involvement of Bevan Slattery in yeah, that. Geez, look at that. Um, can you pick where Bevan Slattery <laughs> came from? <laughs> 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 um, it's the Viagra pill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Faye wants to know mm. um, what you think of it. Yeah, I have. I have limited expertise in this, so we we don't like. I don't like. Um, oh, I forgot the name. What's what's the other dominant one they compete with? Oh, Nimap. Nimap. I, I don't like yeah, Nimap. Yeah. We looked at it extensively yeah. at II. We've written about it. We've got a lot of work on the, on on the site. So if you want to see why we don't like that, you can check it out. Um, Pointera, I would say, is more interesting. the The actual um, product is absolutely fascinating, and it sounds quite groundbreaking, really. So they take um, uh, points points of data, and then they compile kind of three D. Um, visualizations of that data, yeah. um, and then they sell that. So it's a it's a it's a couple of steps further from um, just simple mapping, which I think is a homogenized product. People say there's all sorts of special network effects, but the margins are so big, anyone can fly planes and make money. I, I mm. think that's that's no. Um, I, I think that's a poor poor quality business. This is far more interesting. I'm I'm interested in it. I don't quite understand the technology, and it needs a lot more work. Numbers looking really bad, and I don't mind that. I'm okay investing when the numbers don't look good. Often it's a source of opportunity, but um, they look particularly bad here. <laughs> and that's and it's because the, the the total contract value is growing nicely, and that's that's nice. But there is no cash flow, and I'm, I'm, maybe I don't quite understand the accounting treatment here. But and I haven't looked at it much. But there's no cash, and that's unusual. You want to see. Um, TCV is important, but cash is more important. And you want to see that growing. At, at the moment, there's none coming in. You really want to understand why that's the case. Um, and you also, because this is a technology-led um, competitive advantage, it's a weak one because someone else can supplant it with a better technology. So paying the right prices is important here. There are some stocks, look, it's a, it sounds crazy, but there are some stocks where price does not matter too much. Yeah. I don't think this is one of those stocks. Okay. You want to understand it better and get um, make sure you're paying the right price. I don't really have a view on it. I'm going to say avoid for now. It needs a lot of work, and I just don't have the expertise for it. Right. Yeah, I look 3D data mm. business. You know, who doesn't love it? I mean, it's great. It sounds great, um, doesn't it? <laughs> the you should see their presentations. It oh, no. looks great. Oh, it's, it's a, <laughs> very impressive. Oh, it's a, yeah, for people like me, it's data yeah. porn. Yeah. Um, oh, I thought you missed a bit like me. Yeah, it looks great. <laughs> yeah. Nothing up there. But look, it's it, it's it's a great model, but Again, it's I love it, but mm. I, it's I'm investing not what I love. It's mm. a bit. It's got to make money. Yeah, it's a business model. Now you've got to remember what is happening right now. Uh, Facebook becoming Meta, uh, they Meta come up with a yeah. better plan. Um, in that strategy, it just tells you where the world is headed. Facebook is, for all intents and purposes, is a data harvester. Right, that's what they should name themselves: that's data harvester. That's it. That's yeah. all they do. Harvest they suck you in to give your data up and they harvest it yeah. and they sell it. That's, that's all they do. They're trying to get more of it, right? So, you know, data is going to be, we're seeing that everywhere. I mean, nowadays, if you look for a job, business analyst jobs are now converted into insights analyst, mm. right? That's, yeah. a, that's a guy who can talk about data analysis, mm. right? That's yeah. an insights analyst. Mm. So that's, the thematic is changing. These guys have a place. The question is, how does that sit? Because all that data needs to be converted into visualization for the average person to consume, right? You, you've got a manager who's been there for 20 years, couldn't understand what the hell is a meta, 
I mean, they think blockchain it means you've got to buy Bitcoin. Uh, so the, the technology, it's about get, converting all that data into visualization to make that strategic call on what you want to do. So this will have a play. But Gaurav's right, it's not executing yet. Yeah. My problem is I've looked at a lot of tech stocks and I fall in love with a lot of tech stocks. They just don't become something. Mm -hmm. They just become money burners, right? right. So you've got to be there when things turn around. So it's one that I'm on my watch list and I'm looking at the numbers, but the numbers, you're right. They, they, mm. they look like data burning at the mm. moment. So you're just basically waiting for things to turn around. But it's one up there. Though I'll give you a freebie here. Have a look at, and I told you this last week, have a look at DR1. Oh, you did mention that. Vecton yeah. Technology, right? Mm. Virtual reality. It's right. the only stock exposed to that cycle, and the stock started to go wooshka, right? Because guess what Facebook is talking about? Virtual reality, so they can harvest everything under the sun mm. from you. Mm. Virtual yeah. reality is the new frontier. Uh, it's not brain surgery, um, and Facebook will not own that. But it's how many people can you get into that space to take everything you got and put advertising, right? So these are the kind of things that are you looking at. So I think three, you know, Pointera has a place. The question is, how does that fit into that space? I don't know yet, and they're not executing well enough to show you that yet. So again, I think it is something. I'm just waiting for it to prove itself. Okay. All right, uh, Macquarie. Next, we've got a. Yeah, let's look it through. It's it's a listed um, private equity, probably the best off that lot. Um, you know, I'm not just saying. Broke two hundred bucks for the first time last week. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I think it's a sell at the moment. Um, I think it's overpriced, but mm. so is all of them because they're so good and everyone knows they're so good. Um, I think management is really. You're saying sell. Guys. Yeah, I think you sell now and come back later. I've said that for all the private listed equities. I think they're all great, but they are a sell because everyone right. knows that everyone's priced too much into them. Right. Um, come back later. When, when you have a market pullback, that list of listed private equities, you yep. just buy all of them. Right. Just close your eyes and buy them because 10 so years down the West track, Farmers, they're West this. Farmers, Goodman Group, Infratel, um, you know, Goodman Pats. Group and, West, uh, and Macquarie and Soil Pats. Right. You just buy that list and then you can sleep well at night. Okay. You know, one of my pet pet hates in markets is when you ask inv investors, what's your biggest mistake? And they say, oh, I only made 40% on this stock <laughs> and I should have made 200%. Oh, I'm such an idiot. Um, you know, they don't tell you the real losses. I'm going to turn into that guy now. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to do it, but um, we have been brilliant at buying Macquarie over the years. We bought it at the right times every time. Right. Um, we've been awful at selling it. We've sold it at the wrong moment every single time. And We've done okay from it, but it is one stock that really bugs me because we have got it wrong um, so often. And, and as I said, I hate to be that guy who says he got it wrong when he made money on it. Yeah. Um, but um, I think the, the key to understanding Macquarie is, is we've, I've changed my thinking on it a little bit because I used to, be, I used to think of this as a highly markets-driven cyclical business. And, and part of it is that. But this is fundamentally a collection of very smart people very heavily incentivized to make money mm -hmm. and you don't really have to think beyond so that. It's called the millionaires factory. Yeah. It is, it? right? Yeah. When it falls, for any reason, buy some more. I think people keep thinking of it as a broker and a financial institution. It is so much more than it that. It is so much more. And, and, and it was good before, it's bloody good. It is now, yeah. it's better so now. It, yes, it's evolved right. into a better yeah. machine and more diversified. They charge big fees though. Like, well, so that's, that's why they, get, they don't make profits. And so that's called the millionaires factory. factory. <laughs> so so that, that's why it's better. <laughs> to hold the stock rather uh, than any of the products that I, they... I, I would say so. Well, mm. I beg to differ. I you think 
because mm. it's not like you, you know you and I are the only people who know about Macquarie, right? Mm. Everyone knows. It's the same thing with all those private sectors. They, yeah. they don't think of it as a private equity. They just think they're great businesses. So these things, like CSL, every two years you'll have a 30, 40% pullback, yeah. right? And you just got to be cutthroat about it. You're here to make money. You're not sure. here to fall in love with the stock. Mm. Macquarie is not like an ex-girlfriend you can't go back to. You can sell it and go back and buy it. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. So I would say you, when it's expensive compared to its own history, sell it and then go back later. Jeez, is there, I All think right. there's a story behind that. Can we, yeah, yeah, exactly. He's been scarred. Yeah. Uh, can we clip that up for a promo? Yes. <laughs> Macquarie is not like an ex-girlfriend. You can go back. Can. And rekindle mm. the love affair. That's right. All right. Um, yeah, it does say a lot about Nathan Gore. Doesn't, doesn't it? Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> Behind that vest, it's <laughs> yeah, uh, we an animal. That's why we're the best. We might bring in a couch next week. Um, Grab, what do you think of Marley Spoon? Uh, Steve wants to be on this. When um, the pandemic mm. hit, it was a share market darling, a home delivery food, of course. Yeah, look, when that pandemic hit, there was an opportunity for Marley Spoon. Um, yep. Business expanded hugely. They got lots of people on the service, trialling it. Woolies bought into them. That's right, no. yeah. And I think I think they sold as well, yes. didn't they? Yeah, they yeah. Did. That and tells you something. That tells you something, <laughs> yeah. The, the key for this business is that they have not been able to get those customers to stick. And that was the opportunity they really needed to, they had a lot of people trialling it, those customers did not stick. I think this business is, I think that's the test run you needed. You know, it could have worked if lots of people stuck. Uh, they did not. I think that's all you need to know. The the. Economics aren't great here. Um, negative operating cash flow, negative um, profit margin, uh, sort of a slimish gross profit margin. You need huge scale and they're just not getting it. Super competitive, just sell. Yeah, and yeah. I, I cannot agree more. I mean, this mm. one was, it's one of those things where you go home delivery and being stuck at home. I, I understood the whole online shopping thing. Yeah. Uh, I saw my sister in New York doing that two, three years ago and I couldn't understand why would you? I love going shopping because you can analyze everything for no reason. Yeah, um, yeah. They, t they took it away from me. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and so the online shopping, mm. I think that works and I think that, that dynamics have been brought But everyone forward. thought this was the new age dominoes. That's right. I, and yeah, you can, I mean, I, I saw with my relatives, you know, lawyers were cooking at home, sending, yeah. you know, pictures of their cooking skills, you know, uh, you know, the dentists were cooking at home. You've been doing stuff. it, right? Yeah, yeah I was doing it. it and yeah. I love it. Um, but I do random cooking where my family is always scared what I'm going to turn sure up. Do. <laughs> do you want to follow his random cooking? Follow Nathan on uh, Twitter. Hey, my latest is butterfly cut lamb leg. Cooks beautifully, even mm. for a, you know a novel person like me. But anyway, that being said. <laughs> but, but he does curry tacos. <laughs> so that gives you hey. an insight into uh, his it's, creativity, it's fusion. supposedly. Yeah, it's it's yeah, fusion. fusion, random fusion. <laughs> um, look, Marley Spoon, it's one of those things, it's like retail sector. There was a number of stocks got the benefit out of the pandemic. Yep. And that you saw one bunch actually benefit and stick the customers on and then haul them through the cycle. And the others lost them, right? Yep. This is one of those. They had them and they just couldn't work out how to hold them. This is not the first downgrade. There's been multiple downgrades. You don't touch something when it's been an upgrade cycle, it goes into a downgrade. This is a classic example. And Graves, right? I don't think this is a high quality business. It, could potentially re-establish itself. We have to wait and see. Okay. Right now, it's in a downgrade cycle. Stay okay. Holly, uh, final stock. Holly wants to be on Megaport. Uh, Holly says, seen a fall in share price. Is this a time to buy? Um, I think you're a fan mm. of Megaport. No. It, it connects. It's the bit in between you and the data centers, is it? That, that it can, uh, that's basically its function. 
Yeah. Uh, I see City have a put out a broker note with a target of 20 bucks. Yeah, they're a broker. They're, they're probably looking for a cap raising. Um, <laughs> uh, not to be cynical, I used to be there. Um, <laughs> but it's a Bevan Slattery. This is the Bevan Slattery number one, right? Yeah. Um, and look, when Bevan Slattery is attached to it, even, you know, everything flows, right? Yeah. And these guys have done well. I mean, it's, it's not cheap um, for what it is. I think you're paying a fair bit. I don't think the, the brokers are beginning to kind of feel that the growth is topped. Yeah. So in a, in a cycle where growth stocks have reached peak multiples and you've got rates going up and bond yields are shooting up over the last um, couple of months, you're going to get growth stocks attracting lower multiples. And this is one of those classic stocks. People were paying, you know, it's yeah. like you pay anything for a growth stock. And this is one of those. So I think you've got to be careful for that. Um, whenever you've got Bevan Slattery attached to it, you're never going to get it that cheap. And there is no discovery because everyone's discovered it. Yeah. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be chasing this. Okay. This is not... For me, it doesn't deliver anything that's, for me, it looks like it's going to change in the next short term, unless it has a substantial pullback, it's just not worth And super important in the, um, in the cloud ecosystem. Yeah. So traditionally, when you send data through, um, through data centers and clouds, it all has to connect through physical fiber or has to be beamed some, has to be, there has to be some sort of a fabric connection. Um, and usually companies have to create that connection themselves. So what this does, this actually knits together different data centers. In fact, the world's largest collection of data centers. Mm. So if you're a business and you want to connect your different offices or you want to access to data somewhere, you can, um, you can just contact um, Megaport and they'll actually provide you with a little box and the box connects to all the other data centers. You get oh. a huge network of connection possibilities. Oh. Very important um, So service. it's like your Apple TV for data centers. You can yeah, sort <laughs> of pick your streaming services mm. on Apple. With this, you can pick your that's data centers. That's and you can choose. That's a good way of looking at it, yeah. And you can choose um, how much you want to, you want how much capacity you want to take and how little yeah. you want to take. You can change it huh. in real time. It it's really is an important, wonderful service. Yeah. Now, they say they can't be replicated, and it's true. They have built a network that I think is almost impossible now to replicate. Because right. to replicate, you actually have to go and do the deals with the data centers and, and 600 or so and counting. They're doing more all the time. The, the weakness in this is that 80% of all their traffic goes to four nodes. So the big nodes are you know, the, the Google Clouds, Azure, AWS, and um, there's one other who I forget. But um, the, those four nodes, to replicate the network, you don't have to replicate 600 data points. You can replicate 90% of the repl of, of those um, of the network with maybe half a dozen nodes. Right. So there's actually there's a lot of competition here, and you can yeah. see that competition working in the numbers because the growth is okay, but you look at the valuation of this thing, the growth is not high enough to justify. Okay. The also the other um, thing you've got to worry about is NextDC and um, Equinix, who are two big. Any, any company that has lots of data centers, those data centers are naturally stitched together with fiber and they have their own internal networks running. So they work in competition to these guys right. and these guys do not count them as competition. So do not believe that there is no competitor or that they are irreplaceable network. Imagine, there is competition imagine and it is Imagine those working. two merge. Yeah, I think that's a distinct possibility. Yeah, if they yeah. merge. Equinix and NextDC, yeah. I think that's possible. Right. Then this model has a you know, fire torch behind them. Right, yeah. okay. But look, it's, right. it, you do want to buy it. It's on my watch list. It needs to be half price. Yeah. It needs to be around 10 bucks and All right. I look at it. Let's uh, recap the final five stock. Well, six actually. Uh, Bailador Technology, uh, a no from both Nathan Ungorab and Sightminder. Don't get in. 
um, to their new IPO that's coming out of Bailador. Uh, Pointera, uh, a no from Gaurav. Mathan, um, a no watching it. What was the one you said? Vector? Tech. Vector. Okay. Uh, Macquarie, a hold from, uh, from Gaurav. You should always hold it and buy it on dips. Nathan's saying take your money and run at the moment and then buy it when the dip comes again. So trade it. Uh, Marley Spoon, a sell from both of Megaport. Um, a no from both of them as well. Gaurav Sodi from Intelligent Investor. Good to see you. Nice um, to see you. Um, go to the Intelligent Investor uh, website. It's a lot more than Gaurav there um, <laughs> as well. Got a whole team of analysts. Subscribe mm. to the newsletter. It's mm. really important. Nathan from Deep Data. Good to see you. Nice to and He's everywhere on social media, All Twitter. Cooking. Very <laughs> He's more than just cooking. Good analysis <laughs> as well and forecasting a bloodbath in property at the moment. Oof. So, uh, <laughs> um, thank you, chaps. Now, if you've got any stocks you'd like us to uh, analyse, uh, put them in an email, the call at ausbiz.com.au or tweet us using the at TV handle. Uh, check out all the stocks in the calls portfolio, ausbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Mm-hmm.